Welcome to another edition of the official Catch Up podcast. It's myself, Ben, and I'm joined by Chris, as always, and uh, Moza returning from uh, Hat Convention Monthly. Um, he's here and he's back. How are you doing, gentlemen? I actually forgot about that that last week, Moza, that we were kind of slagging you off. And he does, he has his logo on his hat today. It's the the hat and the twat, the twat and the hat himself. I was already getting a head surgery to get another hat put on it. Uh, you want to give me two hats in the one go, isn't it? The important, the important hats. Big hat convention down south, wasn't it? Last I've, week had my, uh, I've had my Wayne Rooney hair replacement surgery, so. But we all good, gents, yeah? All, all ready uh, to go. Yeah, good, good. Interesting episode this week, obviously. Well, the, uh, we spoke to Thomas Brown, obviously, so kind of probably best to react to that, I guess. Yeah, firstly, I'd like shout out to our sponsors, The Soccer Shop Direct. Find them on Twitter at The Soccer Shop D. Or check out their website, www.thesoccershopdirect.com, for all your team wear and football equipment needs. Now, as I say, we're going to speak to Thomas Brown of, of Galafia Dean Rovers. We'll have a chat with him about uh, the recent uh, SGM and the, the rule changes that were kind of put onto the clubs um, as of last night, uh, which was Monday night for those maybe listening later in the week. Uh, but we'll Chris, you want to just kick it off and uh, we'll, we'll speak to Thomas just now. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the official catch-up. Today we've got a special guest, Thomas Brown of uh, Galafera Dean Rovers on with us. Uh, obviously he's going to talk, uh, or we're going to talk about the, the special general meeting that was held on Monday and obviously Thomas has um, came on to discuss his reasons for resigning from the league board and we'll just sort of take it from there, Thomas, if you're happy with that. Yeah, that's fine. Happy to be here. So obviously there's been a lot of sort of chat this week, Thomas, about, you know, um, not only yourself resigning, but obviously Chris Ewan. Uh, we've kind of heard bits and bobs sort of from both sides. Um, do you want to sort of just go into the, the backstory of the the boundary vote, um, if you will? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the, the boundary vote is, is nothing new. I mean, it's, it's been in front of the Roland League clubs uh, several times in the last few years. Uh, that was... That wasn't that. That vote had nothing to do with my resignation. Uh, that was just another vote that was coming to the clubs, and the proposal for that had come directly from the SFA with a set of new pyramidal uh, playoff rules, which were to be agreed by the agreed by all parties. That would be the SFA, SLFL, Highland League, and the SPFL. So that 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 was a set of rules that were rewritten that came back to the clubs to to consider voting on. Uh, part of that rule did include removing the boundary so that clubs in the SPFL2 would nominate a league they would go to. Uh, and that uh, was voted on last night and was rejected by the clubs. Yeah, because previously, I think this, well, from, from our knowledge anyway, this was kind of brought up before uh, Brecon City were relegated to the to the Highland League. But uh, I believe last time, uh, along with the, sort of obviously the Colts sides um, discussion, uh, obviously, I was rejected. I think by the by, at the time, seventeen member clubs. Um, so it's good to obviously see because it, uh, that it's been rejected again. Because uh, yeah, personal opinion. Obviously, I'm against the boundary. Uh, you know, I agree with the clubs on that. That you know that instance as well. That I don't think the boundary um, should, rule should be changed for any club because I mean, we're the Highland Lo- Highland Lowland League. I think there would be sort of financial implications if, we, for example, we got a, a team in uh, from the Highland League or vice versa. Um, so yeah, it's good to hear that. I don't think there's been a lot of sort of press around it. I've not really seen anything today of the, the outcomes of any votes or anything like that. So which is a wee bit disappointing, given the 
you know, the press surrounding it last week, obviously, um, you know, with yourself and Chris resigning. Um, you obviously mentioned the fact that your resignation was not really to do with the vote itself. Um, can you give us sort of the factors of why you resigned from the league board? Yeah, certainly happy to discuss that. Uh, the the ruling league had its AGM at the end of May, 27th or 28th of May, 2021. And at that, the clubs passed the whole of the rules which allowed guest clubs to come in. Now, obviously, guest clubs were referring to Rangers and Celtic B teams. So, League rules had to be adjusted to allow that to happen. And the member clubs voted in favour by a majority to accept these rules. So that meant that Rangers and Celtic could play. However, league, league rules only become uh, adopted once they've been approved by the SFA. They have to go to the professional game board to be approved and then the SFA board before they're approved. So they're not actually in play until such time as they've been approved by the SFA. And so the league rules were submitted to the SFA for approval at the end of May. And as it stands today, my understanding is these rules have still not been approved by the SFA. So a few weeks ago, we were, we were informed that they've still been approved. So I thought, and not just me, there was a few people on the board at the time, felt it was appropriate that we should inform clubs. Uh, that was then, there was then a discussion about whether we should inform clubs, do we inform clubs, do not inform clubs. And then about a week after that, the Lowland League board received an email correspondence that confirmed that the rules had not been approved. And that correspondence to the board members also stated that they would not be approved until such time as the Lowland League confirmed its acceptance of the new pyramid playoff rules. Uh, it also confirmed that if the clubs did not uh, agree to change the rules, it would, they would cross that bridge when they came to it. So as a board member, it was very apparent to me that these two things had been linked, the, the playoff pyramid rules and the new rules. And for that reason, I made a proposal that we should inform clubs of the full circumstances before Monday's vote. And that, that was only to ensure that clubs were fully briefed and all the information available to them. And the board voted initially in majority to, to inform the clubs. And then there was a change of vote sometime later on, which resulted in not informing the clubs. So that decision to not inform the clubs of key information, in my, in my opinion, as I says, already calls into the, the board's integrity into question. It's um it's actually interesting, Thomas, because I actually agree with you and Chris. Um, um, you know, having been in our position, obviously we, we kind of were aware of certain things, not everything. You know, for the the five things we know, there's probably ten that we don't. But uh, from my understanding, there was certainly a lot of clubs or a lot of people at clubs that, that weren't aware of this, and I I agree with you on that point. I think they they should have been made aware. Um, I think there's a a bit of a tendency, um, even through us, to maybe get sort of news out there or what's happening out there when it really should be the the leak in my opinion but i i, I suppose you've got thoughts on this uh derek what, what 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 would you sort of what would you sort of how would you react to that sort of thing as well i mean the thing that kind of the thing that i'm quite confused about is like you mentioned there thomas that initially the the vote was in favor of informing the clubs yeah. and then for whatever reason a later date the vote changed do we know any reason why that happened? Because it, it just, I'm, I'm struggling to get my head around why the change of heart. Yeah, I, I, 
there was something that happened, uh, and then about an hour later, there was a change of heart. Whether mm. that, whether what happened influenced that, I don't know, but certainly uh, there was a change came in after there was a discussion with Dean Maxwell after right. the decision to inform the clubs. And just to clarify for anyone that isn't aware of the, like you've explained it really well already with the, the rules and so on, essentially right now the league, it's almost as if it's playing under appeal and just waiting for these rules to be approved. So if they were not to be approved, would that mean that Rangers and Celtic be therefore wouldn't play any more games? Yeah, that means it would revert back to league rules version 15 which has no scope for guest clubs, in which case Celtic and Rangers would have to stop playing. How uh, how much of a reality is that, to be honest? Because I think that was one of the things, uh, you know, before obviously speaking to yourself, Thomas, that I was kind of made aware. Obviously, there was uh, a couple of articles about it and stuff like that. But is that is that something that's, that, you know, could you imagine the uproar, for example, if, you know, the all the backlash of the Colts coming into the league and then suddenly they're, they're withdrawn? I just find that quite unbelievable that, we're in that scenario, or if it would ever happen, um, I just I don't see it basically. Yeah, well, I, I think it's highly unlikely that the SFA would want to take on Rangers and Celtic. Yeah. Uh, so I think from that point of view, there is probably highly unlikely it would ever happen. However, th- there there was a way for us to try and resolve this. I, I put a proposal to the board that we should inform the SFA two weeks ago now, almost three weeks ago, when we were made aware the rules hadn't been passed that we should revert back to the old rules and stop Rangers and Celtic playing. And that would then ensure straight away Rangers and Celtic would be on to the SFA to get this resolved. That would mean that going into the special general meeting on Monday night, this issue would have already been resolved one way or another, either by Rangers and Celtic not playing, the rules being approved or the rules being rejected. And that that board did not kind of go with me in that proposal either. Warrior, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we, we, we're, we don't want to obviously um, get too confidential or or anything like that. But um, on your personal view, I mean, why why do you think the SFA or whoever it ha- has been has has with with uh, held these rules or with withheld the the rule changes? I, I I can only assume based on the information I have, which is an email where it came to all the board members in official form, was that it was very clear and black and white that the rule would not be the rules would not be approved until. The Lowland League confirmed acceptance of the new pyramid playoff rules, so okay. people can take from that what they will. Uh, I took from that 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 was being used as a stick to beat the Lowland League with. People may say it wasn't, but I, I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've spoken about the SFA um, sort of numerous times uh, through through this podcast and online, and one of the I don't know what meeting it was. I think it was to do with the Colts coming in, but obviously I've heard of certain. You know, um, SFA tactics, if you will, for a lack of a better term. Or uh, for me, the article that was released, I actually thought they were talking about a previous meeting because I'd heard similar things being said. Um, or I don't know if you, you know, we we're not wanting to accuse anyone of blackmail or um, cohesion, uh, cohesion, but I, I do believe. Um, I don't even want to call it a threat, but I do, I, I, I do certainly believe that there is some sort of. Uh, influence that they they want to get in there, but um, a lot of the the stuff I read about in the article was actually from a, uh, something I heard in a previous meeting. So uh, I'm not actually sure where obviously the most of the stuff came from. I know you had your your quote in there too, but uh, like, do you think it's maybe uh, 
an issue that's been going on for uh, you know since May, um, and it's it's really just came to head at the moment. Well, I, th- I think I mean it, I think Lowland League clubs voted on this just at the last AGM, yeah, uh, which was only back in May, and it, it became apparent that even after the clubs voted no, there was then another request to try and accept Beacon. So I've no idea why why there was so much pressure or or so much. So many people wanting their break and come into the Golden League uh, when there's a clear boundary already to differentiate the Golden and Highland. Just in terms of the board, Tam, what, what, what do you see the, the sort of future of the board being? Obviously, we don't want to make sort of assumptions that, you know, um, you know that certain people will go or it will get changed or anything, but just from a personal point of view, what, what do you see happening? Well, I, I think it would, it would be unfair of me to speculate. Uh, but I think I think the decision of what happens with the board is a matter for the clubs. Yeah. And I, I've had several clubs on the phone in the last three or four days uh, to, to to express their support and kind of dissatisfaction. Yeah. It, it's uh, just before you jump in, Mozart, Just to repeat the point, I uh, like what I said earlier. I hundred percent agree that that for whatever reason, I don't think I think the league could be more a wee bit a wee bit more transparent. Uh, certainly. And obviously, I've said that I think sometimes we are—I wouldn't say used, but you know, sometimes people come to us, and I think to myself, you know, why why aren't the league saying anything? Uh, so it can be frustrating even for us, um, not knowing and stuff like that. But yeah, you were going to jump in there, Derek, with, with something. Yeah, I'm, the thing that's frustrating for me in the SFA side of things is we now have a full pyramid with those boundaries fully set with the New Midlands League, as far as I'm concerned. So. I just I don't understand why they're continuing to try and remove this Highland Lowland boundary when, in the scenario where, say, a breaking were to enter the Lowland League, if they were to get relegated, they should go to the Midlands League. But there's no mechanism for that because they would be in the wrong region. So I, I genuinely don't understand what this determination that the League Two has or the SPFL as a whole have to to try and remove the, the set boundary. It makes sense in my head, but maybe, I, I don't know, maybe that's too simplistic a, a view that I've got. I, I genuinely thought we'd have solved this question by the full pyramid coming in this season, but clearly not. Well, I think that, that question was raised last night and the president of the SFA answered that quite well and he, made, he gave examples where there is already uh, leagues where people are, are playing an unusual kind of Across boundaries, and he gave us a prime example: Berwick Rangers, for instance, playing in the mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. And in fairness to, to to the SFA's position, they they feel that currently clubs should get relegated out of SPFL two. There is a boundary which def- defines where they go. In our league, it's it's set at the start of a season by agreement by the four leagues who decide where where clubs will go when they're relegated. So in terms of that that does bring some parity to it. So that the SPFL have the same as what we have. I think. I think the concern is though that if you end up removing the boundary, then you end up with two tier five na- potentially national leagues. Mm. I know there was assurances given last night that you know that wouldn't happen. So if, it, if that wouldn't happen, just leave the boundary or adjust the boundary. But clubs obviously don't want it removed. Is there a potential of finding a third way here that the SFA essentially want to have an arbitration process? So say if the boundary was to exist, but there was a possibility for a League 2 side to make a case that they would be better going into the other league for whatever reason, if there's extenuating circumstances or or so on. Because 
as far as I can tell, the issue seems to be League Two sides want to have that ability to see where they want to go if they get relegated. Yeah, and I think I think again the point was made by the SFA reps at last night's meetings that you know we should be having adult discussions about these things yeah. and realistic discussions about where teams go. And I think that the the it, it seems to be that the lower league are always asked to adjust this. However, there's nothing in return for the lower league clubs. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine if the SFA went away and come back with a, a a kind of plan or a strategy that says that we want to remove the boundary. And in the course of the next two years, we want the boundary removed, but that goes hand in hand with automatic promotion to SPFL. Then I think we've got a place to start having proper adult discussions with with the clubs and the SFA and other leagues to to, to really progress that. That would be um, that would be some carrot, you know. Uh, I would probably change my tune if because uh, that's you know I think we've been discussing a lot of different scenarios with with the Colts and. Uh, having breaking in the league previously, but that that would always be the carrot for um, any non-league team is that automatic promotion to to League Two. Um, I'd probably change my tune on that, but at, at the moment I don't agree with the you know changing the boundaries and deciding or oh, who goes where because it's uh, you know it's a bit disrespectful um, not only to the Lone League but obviously the Highland League, and I'm assuming they would have to agree something on you know under the same circumstances. I, I'm I, I'm assuming so. Yeah, I think that the Highland League have been very clear that you know they, they they're quite happy with this to be to be the case because it probably means that they've got again less chance of relegation because they have very little beneath them. So what then happens is that the, the more clubs that are able to come to the lower league means that the current membership increases its percentage chance of being relegated because if we have Forfar, Montrose, Elgin, whoever get get said they can come to the lower league, if if that happens. We have to relegate another team out the bottom of our league to accommodate them to stay at 16. So our members have got nothing to gain from that other than increased increased chance of relegation. And as one of the club last night pointed out, increased travel costs to, to travel yep. wherever the, the game might be. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I guess it does kind of it does boil down to instead of having a demand, having a proper negotiation, doesn't it? If there's something in return. Let, let the talks happen. I, I totally get that. Um, I mean, the only other thing um, is now that we're in this situation and the vote was rejected, and from what we know, is rejected pretty soundly as well. Um, are the SFA going to force the hand and stop the B sides playing, or like it doesn't seem like the Lowland Board, as things stand, is going to to remove Celtic and Rangers by their own? free will and force issue that way so what comes next do you think Thomas? I think what comes next is that the SFA approve the rules uh, and the league continues uh, one point I did make last night as after it was pointed out to us that the Highland League have already agreed to the new pyramid playoff rules as have the SPFL, the SPFL uh, agreed to them pending the Lone League's agreement so with the Highland League having agreed them we've now got two leagues in the pyramid with different rules for the playoff. Because uh, they rejected theirs and hadn't even accepted it. So, so does that approval come in instantly? Or it's not based on everyone accepting before it comes into place? The, the, the pyramid playoff can only be changed by the, the agreement of the four partners. If one right. partner disagrees, it can't be changed. However, the Highland League have already agreed it, and from what we were told last night, they, they've already agreed that and put that in place. 
So I was, when I asked the president that last night, I was told that that would be tough to go back to the PGB for further discussion because we've now got the Lowland with different set of playoff rules compared to the Highland. So, so is, is it fair to say there's less concern about obviously the the Colts um, being chucked out of the league, but more um, looking at the the sort of playoff towards the end of the season that they're, they're, our champion club, if you will, might not be involved. Well, I don't, I don't think they'll not be involved. I think there'll be a champion club that will be put forward by the league. Uh, however, one of, one of the concerns, and I re- I've already raised this when I was a board member, that the, when it comes to the end of the season, if you are, given what's happened in the last two years trying to get a playoff with legal processes, if you're a team that's club 42 in the SPFL and you know the new club wins the playoff against the Highland League, then you then dispute that they started the season with rules, playing with rules that were not adopted by the SFA. Because not only is it a breach yep. of all the league rules, it's also a breach of the SFA articles. The SFA articles, again, confirm that rules only come into play once you've been approved by the SFA. So if you're Club 42, do you put a legal challenge in to say, well, actually, we're going to get relegated, but this club played 10 games under rules that were not approved, and that was in breach of their own league rules and in breach of the SFA articles. Likewise, if you end up as Club 16 and facing relegation, you state that you shouldn't be relegated because you played half, you played a long part of the season without rules. And how uh, how sort of realistic would that be, though? Because obviously we, you know, I think breaking, I think it was breaking. Um, excuse me if I was wrong, but obviously the SPFL kind of went to to bat for them uh, at the end of last season with the legal cases and stuff, and obviously um, it was kind of thrown out. So how realistic would a, you know, would a the club forty two have a chance against, um, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't really be asking you that, Thomas, because I know you're not a lawyer, <laughs> but um, do, you, do you know, personal point of view, do you think they would have a chance of getting maybe a relegation or a playoff uh, overturned? I've no idea. That, that would all come down to some legal position at the time, somebody making a legal opinion on it. Uh, however, what, what is very clear, it doesn't matter how it was dressed up, that the, the articles of SFA are very clear, that the rules have to be approved yep. before the season starts. So I think that's a, 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 a difficult could be a difficult position to defend later on. Yeah, the concern I'd have with that is we've already started the season, so regardless if they're approved now, that could still come up yeah. at the end of the season, especially if one of the, the B-sides won the league technically and it's, say, a second-place champions club that's nominated for the playoff. It, it could open all sorts of cans of worms. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if the, the league rules are in a way that it's up to the leagues to, to put forward their champion club. Mm-hmm. As long as the, the leagues follow the process to find a champion club, that that's their champion. However, uh, if if the, if if legally somebody challenges the fact that the rules haven't been approved and the season started, then that that could potentially be a problem down the line. Mm. It seems like a bit of a farce, to be quite honest. It just seems like it's kind of got to a point now where we're, we're now debating whether or not that actually the league is going to be legally accepted at the end of the season and stuff like that. And I just concerns me obviously my, my thoughts are that from a West perspective we're looking to get teams promoted into the, the Lowland from, via the playoffs and things like that and that could potentially have ramifications for, for West and East teams and that's something that I'm massively concerned about I think given what we've seen before from teams who, who have went down the route of, of legal challenges I think it's potentially got a bit more likelihood that that could stick for Allen uh, before it's kind of just chucked out and, and that's pretty worrying from, from my perspective. Could I actually ask one last thing, Thomas? Um, slightly different subject to do with the West. Um, has the subject of further relegation ever came up in board meetings over the last, say, 12 months or so? 
not not that I'm way off. And that's that's something which uh, is a difficult one because again, you get back to the scenario and analogy of kind of turkeys voting for Christmas because that requires a little league to change its rules. Mm-hmm. I think the number of teams that are sitting in tiers six and seven below the the lowlands, so that's east, west, and south, with a, with the number of clubs aiming to get into tier five from there. I think that there has to be a, a review of the pyramid to find out how, you know, rework it, whether it's increasing the Lowland League footprint, increasing the Lowland League divisions, having, you know, do, do we have uh, a, a second division of the Lowland League or do we have regional Lowland Leagues kind of as a second division feeding in with automatic promotion for the winners of the, the three leagues? So you could end up with a, a, a Lowland League Premier that has three relegated every season and the three relegated come from the, the regional leagues. Uh, that, that, that could work. Uh, but again, I think that would all need to be further discussed. Because I think at the minute it's difficult, it's difficult to say we have a pyramid because in the SPFL it's all automatic promotion for the champions. And then when we come out of the SPFL to, to tier six, uh, sorry, to tier five, it's then got to win the playoff against the SPFL club. And then below tier five, it's automatic promotion after the playoff. So. Even if we could initially get everybody to, to sign up to an agreement with the West, you know, all, all the leagues, SFA, SPFL, Highland League, for the principle that champions should be automatically promoted, I think would be a starting place. Yeah, fully, fully behind that, I think. Oh, um, Thomas, obviously, we've kind of been on a serious chat the, uh, today, but um, how are you enjoying Gala and Rovers since you made the move? Yeah, it's, it's different. It's obviously I, I don't stay in Gala. Uh, it's a different club altogether. Uh, but yeah, certainly enjoying it. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll do well in the league this season. Yeah, uh, one of the, the, the sort of thoughts that we've dis- discussed about Gala is if they would do as well as they did last season. But uh, some decent results, actually, um, recently. Obviously, we want to uh, wish everyone down at Gala all the best. Um, you know, um, having the, the game called off at the weekend due to an outbreak of COVID and that hopefully um, all the, the, the affected staff and players and I'm not sure about yourself, Thomas, but um, hopefully if anyone's affected, uh, you know, we wish them all the best in a speedy recovery. Yeah, thanks for that, guys. We'll pass it on. Say so thank you very much for coming on and giving mm-hmm. us some uh, some time. No worries. Thanks for listening. Cheers, Thomas. Thank you. Yes. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there we go. That was um, Thomas Brown there of Galfair Dean Rovers and just talking about, about the, the different um, goings-on and over the, the few last few days within the Lone League uh, board and his resignation. That I thought was a really good discussion and, and probably um, alluded to a few things that were caused by surprise, don't you think, Moza? Yeah. Um, I know it wasn't really the tenant of the discussion, but I threw in that question about relegation because... Obviously, it's something the three of us have pushed for pretty heavy. And the fact that it hasn't even came up is, I'm not going to lie, a bit concerning to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed myself, to be honest with you, Maz. I agree with you on that position as well. And obviously, I know Ben will be as well. So The thing is, look, we're no stupid. We're no naive. We get the turkeys voting for Christmas analogy, right? I just thought that it made common sense for the league, for the 16 clubs... Forget Rangers and Celtic. It made sense for the 16 clubs in any progression going forward to get automatic promotion. Because that's the end goal. We want to get the champions going up automatically to get our own house in order at the bottom end. I just think it makes complete common sense. So once we've got that in place that the Tier 5 champions can come up without needing to worry about playoffs, surely we're in a much better nick to get that 
automatic relegation for League Two. But yeah, um, I'm disappointed. Likewise, I think um, we've spoken to, for example, George Fraser of uh, the Lowland League Board, and uh, he talks about the word, I think the word ventilation has been used around the, the leagues, and, and you hear that now from, from other clubs. I think he was watching something with uh, Cali Braves the other week, and, and Ricky Waddle mentioned the word ventilation. It's something that gets used regularly now when it refers to relegation, and, and it's something that, that, from speaking to George, we did an episode with him a few months ago, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and and he talked about that, and I from that took that he would be one of the, the guys there championing that um, that relegation ventilation that he talks about. And to hear from Thomas here that that's not even been discussed at a board level is, is really really disappointing. It feels a wee bit like lip service personally to the the teams below. And I know from ourselves uh, and other clubs in the west, there's a lot of teams now going for the license. There's been a lot of licensed clubs in the in the, the east, and there's a lot of teams there in the lowland that are treading water, quite frankly. Um, and, and really need to, to open that up, but the fact the, for the fact that that's not being discussed is is pretty pretty disappointing for me. And I thought I thought better of the board personally that I'd like to have them in a discussion topic and perhaps maybe get to a point where maybe we'd get to a vote maybe during the season this year to maybe change it maybe for the next season or the season after. But it doesn't seem like that's anywhere near, and that's that's pretty pretty concerning from a, a tier six side. Here's my view on it. I mean. I always believe, uh, just from a sporting point of view, if you're the best team, you win the league, you should be promoted automatically. If yeah. you're the worst team at the bottom, you, you know you, you should be relegated. And I said last week, um, my, my, the difference being over the last sort of couple of seasons was the fact that obviously we had coronavirus. Would it be fair to to see Vela leave and get rele- relegated uh, due to, to these sort of factors? Um, I don't think it would have been. But like I said to you last week, Ben, now that we assumably will be playing a full season and there's a chance that they still might not get relegated, I think, you know, you sort of look at it and say, well, three years for three seasons at the bottom, if it will be that case, obviously, you know, there's still a a few matches to go, but I don't think a lot of people, in all fairness, are giving Vela leaving uh, much hope. But um, three seasons at the bottom and you still might not get relegated, I mean... It does call into question the the sort of competitiveness or whatever you want to call it that of the league. I think um, I know a lot of people have different opinions on that sort of from a different point of view in terms of the Colts whether it's they should be in the league and all that sort of stuff. But you you do wonder uh, certainly uh, from the from a just from a like a, what you were saying about a, a, you know a tier six point of view. What's the point of getting licenses and doing all this to get into a lonely gift? There's you you know you're you're going to have to. There's only one place up for grabs at the moment. It should certainly be at least two. I think um, certainly it. certainly maybe three in the future. Three, but um, um, yeah, you, you've got we've got to be doing better. And, and like you said, because it's not been discussed, I'm actually a wee bit feel a wee bit let down to be honest. I mean, there's an easy solution staring us in the face this year in the league. Rangers being Celtic to be leave the league at the end of the year. We know they're not going to get voted back in with the way the clubs are thinking. So all you need to do, I spoke to Jamie Shovlin at the uh, South Challenge Cup final from the South of Scotland leagues, and uh, he's pretty convinced that a licensed club's going to win the South this year. So it's simple. You put the commitment now that the West champions, East champions and the South champions all get promoted and the Lowland swells to 18 teams. Because the concern that most clubs will have is, oh, you're just going to get rid of the Ollie's. With those three coming up automatically, there's 
there's an excuse this year like there's no other. You're not going to change the size of the league. It's going to be the same size of fixture list. You're going to bring all three champions up. One team, more likely than not, is going to go down and veil a lethal. Um, and it just makes sense going forward because then from that point, you've made a commitment that all three champions if licensed get promoted and you relegate as many teams as you need to relegate. And that strikes me as you're giving teams a bit of advance notice. Look, as of next year, you need to be on your game. But we're not throwing it at you last minute. You now know. Get yourself prepared. I don't see any better scenario than that. With, I genuinely, uh, it just seems too common sense. We've talked about that, and that would be the ideal scenario. Uh, but would the SFA approve it? I mean, you know, they've held, we've held the, the rule change uh, so far. So I, I don't see if, you know, once I the don't, are out. I don't see the SFA having an issue with it because it's tier five and six. It's The, the issue with the SFA is purely between tiers of four and five. So are they really going to hold back further promotion in terms of spite? Then he's here. They want well, more. I, they more. They want more licensing money. Let's be honest. Just in and, terms of the the size of the league, though, uh, would that not be a, an issue? Because obviously, it's only a temporary temporary change to to, to eighteen for the Colts side. But if the but, Highland League is allowed to be eighteen, why not? The, why can't the Lowland get that? The Lowland went to seventeen and was allowed to go to seventeen. Technically, the Lowland is allowed to go to eighteen, but I don't see why the SFA would stop it. So shouldn't yeah, we be pushing this? Shouldn't we be like not not just us, but shouldn't the clubs be pushing this if they were, you know, if everyone wanted to, uh, you know, a lot of the, obviously the fairness and and whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised that's not at least been pushed in terms of you know more promotion from from you know we were talking about relegation there, but why is more promotion from tier tier uh, tier six not been asked about either? Would be my question. I think it's disappointing. Yeah, I think I think the tier six teams obviously would want it. I mean, that's a, a given. Um, but like Mozam mentioned before, he said probably the Turkeys vote for Christmas thing, and, and there's teams at that bottom end of that that lowland league that probably don't are, are concerned that they become a they become a tier six potentially a tier seven club, um, depending on how how far they can they, they fall, and, and that's probably a concern for for them. So the, the discussion. I guess is that you look after your own and, and the teams at the top will probably like to vote for it because they probably see the benefit of, of having that that ventilation. I'm going to keep using this word now all, all, day, all day long, but um, it's, the, I mean, it's the right word to, to use. And if, if you can show the, the League 2 teams, or the SPFL, uh, that, that we, we've got our house in order and we're sorted it out, then the, the teams at the top will be like, well, yeah, let's go for it. But the teams at the bottom half are probably going to say no. Probably not, but we we need to do it. I think the whole point in this pyramid is that it's pitched to, to clubs as a it's a it's a way forward and, and progression. And also, you're not going to get much progression out of the west, or the east, or the south if mm-hmm. if you get one team coming up from the the lowland um, every season. It's quite fine. And I think if if, if the lowland league are not going to do something about it, I want to see something from SFA because it's SFA that are pushing this pyramid and telling yeah. us to go and spend all the money uh, to get our grounds in order. I mean, I don't, I can't remember how much it's cost at our club, but it's well under six. Yeah, I mean, it's only six figures to to get the the things in place to to do that, uh, and that's the thing that that we're doing it because we want to progress as a club, and, and so do other teams in, in the west, um, and, and that's what the SFA want, and it does seem like the right thing for Scottish football. But if we have that little kind of I guess, like as we said, the, the events are are pretty much closed, and there's nothing getting through, and, and that's the 
the thing that they need to sort out. And if it's not going to be the, the loan league, it's got to be the SFA for me. I mean, the thing that Tom said that was quite interesting that we might have missed in the, the kind of the reaction there was the discussion of what kind of the loan league would be or what it needs to become. It was, I think there was an implication of potential loan league too there at one point. He also mentioned regional. So is it meaning Lowland going west and east? That I don't see the SFA agreeing to because up to this point, the SFA has been dead set on at this tier, you need a Highland and a Lowland and there's two leagues in asset. We don't want more than two feeder leagues to the SPFL for whatever reason. I still think west and east and north is the way to go, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, it, you'd have thought they'd at least uh, broached it. And from what Thomas is saying, I don't think it's ever came up. We're talking about Kilwin and getting six six figures uh, for their ground upgrades and everything they needed to pay pay for the license. Do you know how much clubs get for entry level license? Four grand, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's not exactly a lot of money coming back. Four to grand the clubs. in Scottish Cup entry. Scottish Cup entry. Assuming technically your Scottish Cup entry, you can go in the prelim round and make nine few grand, and that's like <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so. If I'm remembering rightly, you split gate receipts as well, don't you? Scottish Cup. So it's not like the old junior ways are the um you can keep a gate, for example. It's just yeah. It's, it's not a really lot of money it. to invest for potentially not getting the right reward. Yeah, it's not worth it in terms of what you're getting back, especially if there's only going to be one one place. And the the thing is it's it's not just your uh, you know, the west of Scotland, for example, it's not just your Auckland like Talbots, your Clyde Banks, your Kilwinnens. There's there's teams from below that will be in that league next year that will yeah. put up the same fight. I mean, look at um, probably a team that we've not talked about, but Canvas Lang Rangers, uh, for example. Like, look how well they're doing and think they might, again, be a decent um, west of Scotland Premier uh, team next season. But yeah, it's, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, the only way it's going to get easier and the only way we're going to, see teams find the level as as people keep saying is if there are more promotion opportunities or uh, relegation or you know more teams getting relegated from the Lowland League as well but until then it's just going to be a slow slow drip and you know um, teams like Kilwinnan I know I, I know you're obviously trying to get there with your licenses uh, license but I mean if I was spending all this money to, to do all this and think well maybe we have a chance of doing it it's, it's almost like a lottery for example you know, because you're paying all this for, I'm not sure how much clubs pay for floodlights and stuff like that, but what, you're talking about at least 100 grand or something to get them installed and, you know, you so... You get very, very lucky if you get second hand. If you're getting brand new, it's going to cost six figures, aye, um, for everything. So it's it's a hell of an investment for a, a community club, and it is smaller community clubs we're talking about. So there's no big club in non-league that's got 1,000 fans, unless it's a special occasion, you know, it's, it's a lot to ask already for the SFA and the licensing programme and I get why they've got it because they want to make sure there's not another Gretna um, that kind of dies a death when big money backer pulls it but <laughs> this is obviously quite an awkward thing for me because I'm very very closely linked to Broomhill and I'm kind of pulling myself away for that slightly just to express personal views here but it's just um, like we've always been dead set on you're going to use that word again, ventilation in the pyramid, right? How happy were we when we got all the junior teams into the pyramid and now this summer we've finally got a full pyramid with the North Pyramid as well, um, sorted with the Midlands League and so on. And suddenly we're 
potentially going to lose the boundary that's going to create issues and as much as SFL mentions certain teams in certain regions, there's individual reasons for each of them and very few of them are further than five miles away from a boundary. Brecon were nowhere near the Highland-Lowland League boundary. Nowhere near it. And the only reason they wanted to go Lowland is because they recruited players for the Central Belt. It's laziness. It's pure and simple is utter laziness. You've made your bed, lying it, you're a Highland team and to be fair to them, that's exactly what they've done now. As soon as they realise, look, this is a reality. They've got their head down and albeit they've lost at the weekend there, they've, they've adjusted well and they've got going. But I, I get why the SFA want to change it because they want to bring all the pyramid rules for all a non-league into the same, the, the same kind of pattern. So between tiers five and six, all the leagues need to agree and if a team wants to go to another league, they can say so and it can go to arbitration. They want the same for a League Two team coming down essentially, but if they know at the start of the season, and it's a set boundary for a reason, to keep the integrity of the pyramid, why Why does that need change? I don't like the whole idea of this pick and choose nonsense. It really is like, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's really bizarre. It's like um, a relegated West of Scotland Premier team saying, oh, well, well, we want to be in Conference B because we have more of a chance of winning yeah. that one. Or we, You know, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. But I mean, it does make sense. It does make sense, I should say. But it's just it's not not right in my my point. But the scenario is there. If say Brecon had gone to the Lowland and they got relegated, they wouldn't go to the Midland League, which they should do. Where would they go? The East of Scotland would say, "No, I get it. We don't want you. You're no part of our boundaries." Like the West are hardly going to take Brecon. It's just it's frustrating, is what it is. Um, we're arguing sure. over things that should be common sense. Things surely for like a team like Brecon. No disrespect to the Highland League, that, that's got to be an easier league to win than the Lowland League, given the, the teams that are already in there, plus the, the efforts you'll have with travelling and such like for your home and away games. Um, it's one of those, if you've got a team, if you've got a team based in Glasgow, for example, you're still going to have to travel to Brecon to play your games every every Saturday when you're at home. And then, obviously, um, again, travelling to the away games. But the, the Lowland League is a harder league, let's be honest. So, um, I don't know why they, they were so desperate. I get it from a recruitment point of view, sure. But, I think it was purely um, player recruitment. But um, I'm clearly just looking at League Two the now for locations are clubs and so on. Because they're saying that they'd want this to come in immediately, right? As far as I can tell, it's only Elgin and Forfa. Yeah, that sounds right. That would be Highland. Every other team's a Lowland team. But what's this not Forfa then saying, no, we want to enter the Lowland League? And Imagine that, like being a, a team in the, the central belt having to travel like far to play. A, and I kind of get why the Highland would be approved, like, because they think we don't need to worry about another Angus team. The, the problem, uh, for is an interesting one, but I, I can't imagine they would be near the bottom anyway. But like the, the our madness of, say, an Elgin, uh, a team that's kind of well respected, uh, I think they loan a lot of the players to the Highland League. Imagine they came to the Lone League, it would be just, it would just be mad. Like because common sense would say they wouldn't say the Lowlands League. Yeah. They've got their ties and I only do X, Y, Z, but it's the fact they could is the issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Re- I can't even, like an Albion Rovers going to play in the Highland League, that would just be, uh, just be mental. Eh? And it, considering their manager doesn't usually uh, like like his long trips uh, we've heard. So. <laughs> but I mean... Go five, ten years in the future. The Lowland League now has Auchinleck Talbot, Cowan and Rangers, Linlithgow Rose, Darvo, 
throwing whoever you want, the big kind of tier six, tier five sides, are now tier five sides, right? And you get a team, say, I don't know, Sterling, get relegated that year. And they think, it's got the island, like, easy to get back up. We're going to guarantee ourselves a playoff if we build our squad, right? Sod playing all those teams in the lowland. It's just, it's, it totally compromises integrity of the league system. I know we're talking hypotheticals here, right? But imagine, imagine this thing is right if if three Rovers got promoted to the lowland league, right? And then fucking fourth part come down. <laughs> if three have to travel to fourth part in a game, it'd be mad. It'd just be, that's, it, that's how farcical the whole thing is. If you put things, when you start putting things together, it just becomes absolutely ridiculous that, that the idea that that could possibly happen because the real changes there. I don't understand though. Like I get that if the the SFA want the real changes for the playoffs to be uniformed and all that, that's fine. But I don't get why that has to be so so lined up with the boundary. I don't, I don't understand that at all. And, but that that was the other point I brought. Why why does the boundary not stay but bring in an arbitration process? So at least there's a vehicle for a club to say. If we are right on the boundary, look, we'd be better suited to the other side because X, Y, Z, historical reasons, rivalries, and like fan base coming for that side. There's ways and means of doing that, and the SFA can hold the arbitration. Yeah. But it, it is, it, like, as we're kind of going back to what Thomas said there, it's given not take. They're trying to bring this in, and they're not saying, but you'll get this in return. And that's been the issue the whole time. That's why the lowland sides have felt disrespected because constantly it's a barrage of do this, do this, and they keep going, no, get it. <laughs> the thing, the thing that the conf- I can kind of understand breaking as much as I disagreed with the, you know, them trying to put, push themselves into a lonely league. I can kind of understand that, but I just don't know where this, there ha- for me, it just, it's common sense now that maybe breaking were kind of borderline, although they weren't, but. Um, I, I just can't imagine a Forfar or an Elgin City, or even like a Cowden Beef saying they want to play in the play in the Highland League. So I just don't understand why they're pushing this now. It just seems very strange. Um, and it, you know, I'm I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but there's there's got to be a some of some other motive to why they want this done that we're just not seeing or it's not being discussed by anyone because it's just it's so strange and lacks common sense that um, it's almost unbelievable. I mean, common sense and SFA don't always go hand in hand, let's be fair. Um, at this point, they, they've been trying this for years and it feels like they're just going to keep going until they try and get their own way, doesn't it? Like, they've not adjusted to the new reality, which is that pyramid boundary has been set by what's happened this summer. It's been set in stone with the Midlands League. Yep. So, I'd, it's, I'm just exasperated with the whole thing. Like, we had an idea when we started getting kind of feedback for people and what was going on that this was here again, but it's just, why aren't we spending our time on far more constructive matters? Why is this coming back up again? Like like they are going to withdraw Rangers and Celtic B-sides for Lowland. That's, that is the hollowest threat that I have ever heard in my life. And I quite like the fact that Thomas said, well, let's call their bluff, let's pull them out ourselves and make them go to the SFA to get it sorted. I actually think that would have worked, to be honest, but um, I'm all for that. Like, play them at their own game. They're going to mess about with us. That's that's one of the things that I, I thought was almost unbelievable because obviously the SFA, 
Uh, you know, we've heard obviously Rangers and Celtic have goes up with them previously, but uh, that was like, could you imagine the scandal? Like, and what would be said? All right, it's like what I said about backlash. Obviously, we had our own sort of personal backlash for it as well. But uh, you know, I just it would almost feel like it was all for nothing. It's like, all right, so the Colts played what six, seven, eight games or whatever, and the whole league now they're out. It's just like, well, what was the point in that? It would be another. Uh, with a long line of embarrassments for Scottish football. I just don't see them. I, I don't know why that was brought up, but um, I just never saw it as a valid threat. It was almost to the point of like, yeah, I just don't believe that because it's so ridiculous, you know? I mean, it probably is potentially one one way for Les Effick to be seen as some sort of heroes because also there's been a lot of resistance to the Colt teams from the fan bases. Probably, let's be honest, above the Lowland League. I haven't seen a lot from Lowland League fans that are really that concerned. It's probably, as I say, above and below. Um, probably the West teams and the East teams are probably um, in the South, obviously, as well, feeling a wee bit aggrieved that, that kind of people have, teams have jumped to, jumped to the queue, if you like. And I can see where that, come, that argument comes from. Um, and obviously, the teams, we've seen a lot from teams above in, in League One and League Two that have no basically no skin in the game in terms of the Lowland League and it seems like they've got a lot to say about um, about that situation so it would be one one play for the SFA to be seen as potentially the, the heroes but I mean it does mean taking on Rangers and Celtic which is a, which is something they've never done in the, in the past so I don't don't expect them to, to die on that hill um, <laughs> with regards to taking um, taking on the old farm so um, I, think I mean, if they do, it gives a ringside seat with some popcorn. But <laughs> I totally, I mean, it'd be, it'd be some, some watch. But um, I think that one of the things that Thomas um, brought up there was about the the fact that those rules haven't actually been um, rubber stamped, and, and basically the league is playing kind of um, without an agreed rule set at the moment, which is a wee bit worrying because obviously what we, we mentioned as well in, in that conversation about the potential. Kind of ramifications, perhaps for a, for a legal challenge from either League Two or um, often the the bottom club within uh, the Lowland League. Because if you turn around and say, "Well, we played um, without the rules," and that I, I personally feel like that probably has a bit more water to stand up um, in a, in some sort of court than, than some of the other things that have went to court in the last few years, and that's that's worrying. I think if you're a Lowland League, if you're in the Lowland League right now, that, that potentially that. That um, that door to the, the SPFL um, can get closed for the, for the season because they're not agreeing that rule, and, and that's obviously going back to the the ventilation point of, of relegation and promotion, etc. That, that that's possibly a, a situation where that can be turned around on you and, and, and stop that promotion actually taking place. Yeah, I don't have to worry with the promotion playoff rules because, as he said, all individual parties need to agree to changes before they come in. So the default would be they've not changed it. So we go with what was already there till the Lowlands get on board. The issue I've got is the SFA not approving the Lowlands initial changes and in articles to allow guest clubs, which are what the B-sides are. Because essentially what could happen... There is a situation where this could go to a legal challenge. Say if it's be- between two sides right at the top of the lowland and it's within a win. So say there's two points between it. If they go, oh, those rules changes were never coming in. So basically expunge all the results against the B side. Suddenly you've got a different champion club. That could happen. That is a thing that could happen. And then God help us with that. We saw what happened to Bonnie Rick not getting the chance to go up and Kelly getting the approval previously. So... It's just a mess. The, the thing, it, it didn't need to be a mess, and it's a mess. 
the thing about the legal challenges, obviously, we've already had our fair share of legal challenges, obviously, at the end of last season with the SPFL and, and breaking in the playoffs and stuff like that, uh, which were thrown out. I'm, I, I guess I would be more concerned. Um, I guess it is concerning, but surely if they had the meetings and SFA were saying, oh, yeah, that's fine, we'll, we'll approve that and withheld it, then, yeah, I don't see how, how far that could go. You know, uh, oh, no. No, you could just stand up and say, well, they've actually approved it. I've got 12 witnesses or whoever, and they just never give it to us. So how, how in any way, shape or form is that the Lone League's fault? You know what I mean? That's, that would be the argument, in my, in my opinion. You'd assume that they've got emails. Yeah. Basically, saying, that's fine. We'll approve that. We'll rubber stamp that. And I think that would take care of it. But it's it's the fact that we've got to this point. And it's, say, the old stereotype about murky background dealings and email chains. And just for once, just going to do what you say you're going to do. <laughs> that's all we ask. Um, maybe we're asking too much. Yeah, but again. Just- Again, an SFA change doesn't go through because they want to try and get something back. Do uh, yeah, you have but, and uh, have missing emails? Have, have emails go missing and whatnot? Oh, I never received well, that. The, the Lowland vote did change, apparently. The board vote did change. So, <laughs> How does that work? I mean, that's the thing. that uh, we, could, we don't obviously know the ins and outs of what was going on. But well, he said it was board. because of an email, didn't he? He said an email came in, I'm assuming, for Ian Maxwell or somebody at SFA, and suddenly the vote changed for yes to no. Yeah, so it's obviously something we said in that that conversation. That this, this, um, but I guess what what has been said, we'll, we'll never know that. But no. I I think the I think the thing about this is going back to the point about adult conversations. I think quite rarely we need to have an adult conversation about the the relegation at the the, the bottom of the land. We need to have an adult conversation about the promotion in League Two. Uh, from tier five, and if that means maybe doing that with the, with the boundary changes and things like that, then maybe that's a that's a conversation to be had. But I think this is like you said, it's the SFA just looking to take rather than kind of give something back. And the yeah. SPFL clubs won't particularly want to have this automatic promotion, uh, automatic relegation um, in place. Let's be honest, it's the same scenario as, as the bottom of the loan. There's the turkeys vote for Christmas all over again, and that's the the thing that they'll will keep seeing. And, and they obviously. We could probably go on to the the Colt teams and and what what the, their aspirations are, and they want to go into the, the league two and things. I think that's the, the thing, the, the ultimate aim, isn't it? And and that's not going to happen without a bit more kind of discussion. And um, it doesn't sound like league two really want that to happen, and uh, the SPFL rather. So I think I think adult discussions need to be taking place at, at different yeah. levels and, and try and sort this mess out because it, it's just an absolute farce. If the SPFL want this change, they need to firstly represent themselves and stop hiding behind the SFA as the arbiters. And secondly, they need to offer something in return because they keep angling for this change and just expecting it to happen. And the only thing they're offering in return is threats. We're going to pull you out our cup competitions. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. As Thomas said, even if it's say in two or three years, we'll bring automatic relegation. You still have your playoff between Ireland alone, but the winner that goes up. A simple change like that, you show a bit of respect, probably gets voted through. Like, it's not an ideal proposal. We've we've talked about what we think about the boundary, but if you're going to offer something that's tangible in return, that's for the good of the member clubs of the league and all in on league. They'll probably say aye. But no, 
the worst thing they could have done is have um, a person on each of the boards or each or been involved with both, obviously, Neil Doncaster, having been a part of the SPFL and the SFA. I think that's just stupid. I mean, in, in reality, you know, I'm all, it might work if, you know, he's, he's kind of uh, taking interest here and there. But, like, you know, it's just it's not it's not great having two organisations with uh, one one guy representing both of them. It's just like there's surely got to be a conflict of interest there. But uh, surely, um, going back to why Tam resigned, uh, like I said, I, I must admit, I agree with him. I, I, I don't see, I don't understand the reasoning why why the clubs weren't informed of what was going on. Um, I can't, it's something I can't agree with. I, I remember George saying um, about the Colts decision where the clubs and people weren't informed because of this, that. I can understand that, but I just can't understand the reason behind not informing the clubs of this, um, I don't see why it would have been. I, you know, why why would it have been hidden in the first place? I, you know, it's trying to figure out. There's obviously reasons, but it's just trying to figure out what the reasons were behind that. Well, they were going uh, to vote in a week later, so they were going to find out. Yeah, that's that's what I don't understand because surely if it's better to go into a meeting um, and say, oh, this is you know this this vote's going to happen. Oh, we already knew about this. Oh, this is how we're going to vote. Um, I, I I just don't on the issue of the boundary. I don't, you know, the the clubs voted seventeen to to nil for last time. So not telling them is not going to change that going into the this meeting. So it's, it's strange. It really. The is only strange. thing I can think of is that they were scared stuff would leak out, but it got to the press anyway. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's um, it's a strange one. It really is strange. I, I just I, I it's not something I can agree with. Um, to be honest with you, and I. I, I I'm on the side of Chris and uh, Thomas there, uh, because at the end of the day, no one's responsible. We're not, you know, we're they're not responsible to us, or the, the clubs aren't responsible to us or anyone. But you are responsible for your member clubs in any organisation. They've obviously decided there's a reason to withhold that information for a week, and whether we find out what that is or not, who knows? But we probably won't be privy to that. Um, but yeah, it, it surely it looks worse if it comes out in the media and then has to get explained by emails or so on, that that story's came in, it's not 100% true, but this is the case, but we weren't going to tell you. But we were, but then we weren't. Yeah. I don't know, it just, uh, yeah, it's, it's not where, clean. Where do you think then that leaves the, the lonely board then? Obviously we've seen two guys um, resigning over the last the last week over this obviously situation. Does there, there need to be change at the only board level? Chris Younes certainly fought it for the statements he's put out. He said that he's willing to get back involved in the right circumstances, which tells me that this isn't the right circumstance, but he'd come back um, if things changed. So, I don't know. I'll be honest. Like, we'll need to wait and see what clubs are saying. Um, Thomas mentioned he's hired for quite a few clubs. So... <laughs> Um, it comes down to a majority of vote if they want to change things, doesn't it? So, are there nine member clubs that would want to totally change the board? We'll need to see. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we've kind of talked about this. We had heard certain things throughout the week, and it was I, like, as I said, I was quite torn about uh, because I almost felt like it, it, maybe I got to that point and you would be on one side of the fence or the other. And, uh, yeah, I I don't know how it's going to go. I I, I don't personally see it um, see anything happening because of this. But I do agree with um, 
I, I do agree on the the issue of not telling the clubs. Obviously, that I think it, they should have been told. Um, whatever the the circumstances are, are reason, and we're you know already said that I'm not sure why that would be withheld. But yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to say. It's like what I said to Thomas. We know maybe know five things, but we're unaware of ten when yeah. it comes to the to the league board and and things higher up. So there's no point in us speculating on changes to the league board because. It would be wild speculation. Um, we don't know enough to see what's going to happen next. We just need to sit like everyone else and keep an eye on it. Oh, yeah, probably rounds up the, the discussion that we've had. us having a good chat about what's been going on. But there has obviously been football this week um, and the, the Lone League. We always find that we, we, we revert back to talking about Kind of bureaucracy and red tape and votes and statements and all that shenanigans that, that comes along with, with Scottish football. But I mean, there was football, so um, let's just have a quick look at the, the games um, and the, the fixtures. It's been a 3 2 victory for East Kilbride against Bennett Rangers at Shieldfield Park. East Kilbride back to winning ways this week. Yeah, it was a close one. Uh, obviously, um, East Kilbride, we've mentioned obviously they've had injuries, but it looked like uh, they had a, a few guys returning, obviously, Al Vittoria. Uh, Craig Malcolm obviously scored his 50th Lowland League goal. He's been a bit of a tallies man uh, for them over the years. I think I think Berwick will be a wee bit disappointed because they've had guys like Graham Taylor that have, that have played well and, and Scott Taylor McKenzie. But um, I think they they conceded that obviously um, the wrong times just before half time and and uh, they, they left it a wee bit late to get back into the match. Uh, but yeah, decent win uh, away for East Kilbride. It was. I think I'd say this was going to be a draw, and it seemed pretty tight. But um, how many times over the last few years have we sat here and said Craig Malcolm was a difference in an East Kilbride game and an R one? So they needed it, and they got it in the end. Still, still think Berwick's been pretty decent though at the start of the season. I expect them to keep doing all right. They also East Kilbride also bringing in Jamie Finlay. Just we spoke about him last week coming in from Rossville seems to have. Um, had the ground running in terms of UK, two goal, two goals in two games, and coming up from a team like you know, like Rossville that probably at the bottom end of the um, of the West, and, and certainly looks like he's doing his bit there for for East Kilbride. So um, good to see that. I think he's a decent a decent player, and he's obviously found his level at UK. Next game then, Bonnie Rigg uh, defeated Bonnie United two one at Newton Park. Bonnie Rigg just keep on rolling. Yeah, again, it's a, another tight game. Um, there's a few tight games at the, the weekend, but Rose just seemed to be getting the three points at the minute. Um, and shock horror, there was another set piece involved here as well. You just you can't give them free kicks around the box. You just can't get away with it. Um, I'm a wee bit worried about bonus because they're a team that they made quite a few changes and they fancied their chances are challenging. Totally yeah. make no mistake about that, but they've started really slowly. Um, for reading what the fans have been saying they're, they're just feeling a wee bit disillusioned now it, things aren't falling for them but um, Xander Miller still getting the goals I know it was a penalty bonus's goal uh, they scored but at the minute Rose are right up there as one of the favourites to challenge for the promotion playoff and I think bonus are already at the point where they've probably left themselves too much to do Penalty in a bonus game, uh, a, a Bonnie Rig game. There's a, there's a, there's a shock for it wasn't there. A, it, wasn't, it wasn't a, a Bonnie Rig. That's the biggest shock of the all. The graphic never came out. <laughs> we had uh, it's brown result for Bonnie Rig on the road, to be honest. Uh, but I, I agree what you're saying about uh, Bonnie. I think Bonnie are. 
I think they were kind of similar to Bonnerig in a sense that they did have, you know, sort of mainstays in that team. Uh, a few of them retired before the season began. Uh, a few of them, a few others left, for example. So I think the teams actually, albeit it's a decent team, they're still trying to to, to gel together, uh, mm. and they've not had, they've not, to be fair, they've not had easy fixtures. I actually personally think they're missing uh, Michael Gemmel, who I believe is injured. They're missing a, a centre mid just to to sort of control things, to to. Um, to sort of, I guess, control the tempo. Uh, I think that's all that is missing from Bonnes. And um, results, yeah, against tougher teams, you, you kind of expect it from, um, you know, to, to these sort of to, uh, games to go either way. And I just don't think, I think we mentioned it last week as well, Ben, but I don't think Bonnes have actually had much luck when it comes to, to games this season either. So when you've got the, the thing, you know, the, the fact that the player's trying to, needing time to gel, luck's not going your way and you're up against um, equally tough teams and yeah, it's not it's not a recipe for uh, for success uh, at the moment for Bonus. So we're then Alliance Park at Cali Braves 4, Vail leading now, more misery for Vail, good result um, I guess for Cali Braves to put four past um, Vail. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of what we expected to be honest, I don't think we've in fairness, I think we've, we've not given Vela even much hope in, in many of the games. Um, they have got a new manager, obviously, Alec Munro, the, the former goalkeeping coach. Uh, I think Guy Kerr, who's came in, is also um, some, I don't know if they're joint management, but I know they that'll be their management team for the rest of the season. Uh, they've lost a few players. Um, I noticed the the striker they brought in from America, I think he was trialling for East, East Stollinshire uh, against Spartans. So, um it's difficult. It's going to be difficult. But fair enough to Cali Braves. It was a really decent result. That Reese Armstrong uh, certainly looks like a, a massive standout for them um, from what I've seen so far. Yeah, don't really have too much to add. That Braves have looked pretty good this season. And I think they might have caught most people on the hope. We expected them to be solid, but I don't think we expected them to be as good as they have been. All right, we've next match involving Celtic B and Dalby Stabs. A 1 0 win for Celtic B, the Penny Car Stadium. Seems like quite a tight game for, for Celtic B. Yeah, it was a, it was a cracking goal that um, Celtic scored. Um, like, good pressure for Star. They had the ball at the back, recycled the play all the way around, and it was a full team move. Eventually, a ball across the, the uh, six yard line ended up with a tap-in, but by all accounts, Star were very unlucky not to take something for this. They played really well, as they have played all season, and um, they made them work bloody hard for the uh, for the result, although they had a chance towards the end, it could have been 2-0, but I, I need, need to give credit to, to Star for for the way they put in a performance, and they'll be upset not to, to get something. Yeah, all three of their losses have been quite narrow, Um one thing we've not really focused on, obviously we've we've gave Russell Curry a lot of praise and the guys like Dan Orsi and Lewis Sloan, but I think they've really improved defensively as well. Uh, Scott Phillips that's came in from Stranraer Reserves, he was probably one of the, the better defenders in the south of Scotland. Uh, Jack Dickinson, who was uh, at Gretna, I think, last season or the season before, and Lewis Dunn, they, they look really, really uh, solid um, <laughs> at the back as well as sort of in the midfield and going forward. So that's why we're... We're not seeing them, uh, you know, lose heavily um, so far because they actually, overall, as a um, as a package, look solid. And I think Lee Wells, the captain, has been playing at the back also. I've heard so. Yeah, um, they'll, they'll not be happy to be 
uh, losing a, a game, but coming up against Celtic B, who um, we kind of discussed in terms of the, the, the quality of the Colts sides and the fact that they they have a lot more players available to them than, than other lonely teams, uh, it's always going to be tough, you know. The boy at Wormoffit sounds like a player. He seems yeah. like he's going to be very uh, potential in that, that Celtic system and seems like he's involved every week in, in terms of uh, the action. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see obviously how he develops them. Keep an eye on him for sure. All right, next game, uh, Civil Service Strolls 4, Cumbernauld Colts 2 at Christie Gillis Park. Uh, three goals in the first 10 minutes of the game, Chris? Yeah, delighted delighted for Big Alou Um he's, he's the strangest big man player I've ever seen. Um, he can he can play in centre mid. He can play forward. I've seen I've seen him play like as a winger, uh, but he's the type of guy that always sort of has the right attitude. Apparently, uh, it's like he just seems to enjoy his football, no matter what he's getting um, been told by Gary. Like you play wherever, mate, and he's he does it. And I'm absolutely delighted that he's got his hat trick. Um, disappointed for Colts. Um, they've really been struggling the, since the start of the season. They've, again, they've had some tough games, but there, there have been fixtures um, that I would expect them to do a wee bit better in. But blown away by a, a stroller side, where, let's face it, I don't think anyone predicted um, that they'd be right up there at the start of the season. But uh, Gary, I think if I was to say his formation, it'd probably be a, what, a free, free 6 1. Um, <laughs> It's it's strange. I mean, he plays with these wing backs, and it's like a or it's either a a three six one or a five five four one, or I've seen a sort of five three one one sort of thing. It's it's really strange, but yeah, he's, he, we have to give him credit for his tactical prowess. Um, always as strange seems to be, as he wants, have to keep winning. <laughs> yeah, always uh, always seems to be. Um, I don't know. Always they always seem to be really sort of structured and hard to break down, and and they obviously can get goals as well. So um, yeah. They're, they're in fantastic form to begin with yeah. and I wasn't really expecting them to to be blowing teams away like they have been as well Yeah, I think it's, they've not really added that many players either, Civil um, so the fact that Gary's getting this kind of tune out of them is, is a fantastic job for him but we were guilty quite often before I given Gary all the credit and the players called us out on it before when we go back so we need to give the players the credit as well yeah. Um, because the performance, they're just so much, so consistent and they deserve to be right up their challenge, the strollers. So hopefully to keep the league interesting, they can keep it going and hopefully Star can keep it going. All these sides have started well and we'll see how it all shakes out. Next game then, Rangers B were away to Edinburgh Uni. It was a 3 win. Not quite the, probably the, the, the onslaught of goals that we probably would expect in the ones that you've probably seen a lot of headlines for if, if, if Rangers had maybe out there and scored 7 or 8. So um, a, a good result again for Rangers B. Keep winning. They're, they're looking um, decent side. They've got decent talent, I think, in that side. But unfortunately, again, for Edinburgh, Uni. Yeah, it's always going to be a tough game for them. Um, in fairness, I think Dorian set them up to be very defensive and hard to break down. So he kind of... Embrace that side of things, knowing it was going to be a tough afternoon. They've done well to keep the score down. Like ultimately, it was one 0 all the way through till twenty five minutes left in the clock, and they were still right in that game. But um, the uh, the young the young, young Rangers players managed to see it see it out. And I still think Rangers are a step ahead of Celtic in terms of the two B sides. Yeah. Um, and 
they'll be happy enough. I'd imagine with a three 0 win, plenty to work on. Next game then the Spartans two East Stirlingshire three at Ainsley Park. Uh, a win for for Shire there on the road. Yeah, it was a it was a strange start to the game. Uh, I actually missed sort of what happened, but right at the start of the game, uh, Shire had a corner. And I think uh, Kevin Turner like may have put a knee to. Or, or something. I, again, I missed it, but obviously there is photographic evidence out there from Spartans. But yeah, uh, Blair Carswell was down for a, a brief period right at the start of the game. Uh, Shire were fantastic, actually. I must admit, I was very surprised at how good they were. Uh, Spartans, on the other hand, weren't that great up until you know the sort of last sort of 10, 15 minutes of the game. It was very strange, um, considering how, how well Spartans have. Uh, there was a red card, obviously. Bolo... Um, I actually thought it was quite soft uh, to begin with. That would just, would be my initial reaction. But knowing Bolo and what he's like around referees, um, he, he literally just elbowed the boy uh, in a Spartans corner. And he, knowing what he's like, his reaction, he obviously didn't have much to say to the referee. So I'm assuming it was you know a straight red card, well-deserved for him. Uh, silly, silly stuff. But to be honest, even before the red card, I think Shire were... were really decent, well-deserving of their, their lead. It wasn't until, I think, as I mentioned, sort of later in the game where they kind of sort of switched off Jamie Dishington, obviously doing damage. Um, Dean Watson, I think, scored one of the the best individual goals I've ever seen in the Lone League. It was that good. He literally just went on a run down the left-hand side, cut inside, took on two or three Spartans players, uh, slotted home. It was fantastic. And we, we know Dean Watson, obviously, where he's dancing into the box from Shire. But I say that because um, Jamie Dishington for Spartans' first goals, uh, it was almost like a carbon copy of Dean Watson's. So two fantastic individual goals um, from from Dean Watson and Jamie Dishington. But uh, yeah, um, the stoppage time at the end of the game, I think the referee was a wee bit... Uh, I, I actually, at one point, uh, thought he might have wanted Spartans to get back into it. I think it was 10, ten minutes uh, additional time or something. It was something stupid. Um but yeah, Spartans, they just ran out of time. It was going to be tough with 10 men, but for the majority of the game, Stalinshire were uh, fantastic and thoroughly deserved their, their victory. Of course, Jamie Dashington had to score. Of course he had to score. That's my main takeaway for that, but no, it's good to hear Shire played well. Um, obviously, we uh, we thought they might find it a wee bit tougher this year, but they're, they're doing quite, quite decent things with the squad they've got. So, um, Keeps it interesting. Those, there's, they're always good games between them and Spartans, aren't they? They're always quite tight affairs. So, um, sounds like it was more of the same. And the final game then was involved in Liddy's favourite franchise club, Broomhill. <laughs> um, they were playing at Grenada 2008, and it was a 2 1 victory for Broomhill. And goals for assistant manager Mick DeLock and manager David Gormley. Am I hearing that right, was it? If you want a job done properly, date yourself. Was a mantra. Um, I it, apparently, like, I wasn't at the game. I wasn't able to get down because um, I had some car issues. But um, from what the gaffer was saying, first half's the worst we played all season. It was raging to the point that he said he's never been so angry in a dressing room, and he actually had to go away and have a walk away after the the leather and they gave the players at halftime um, to let the blood pressure go down a bit. It's just as well because he ended up bringing himself on. Um, but yeah, two things changed the game. Big uh, Mick Dunlop scored an hour mark to get get us back in the party when we'd had one or two chances at, 
it might have just felt like it wasn't going to be our day. And then you might have seen on Twitter because the club account shared that own stop made just one of the best saves I've seen for a keeper at this level. It was proper header down kind of in the middle of the goal and he got down to it and put it up onto the bar. Just an outstanding save. Um, because I've gotten a score that they won the game, I think. So the gaffer brought himself on he says he squeezed into medium shorts. I highly doubt they were medium. I'm pretty sure they were XLs. But um, he did the business, showed great composure. Unfortunately for the Gretna keeper, he's been foxed by the fact he went through the legs of the defender who was right in front of him. And we take it's three points. We needed it. We badly, badly needed it with the run of games we've got coming up. So we would have taken it however it came. And so it was. The only thing I would add to that, obviously, obviously Gretna's opening game at Radio, it's not. Not the result they wanted, obviously, but I'd like to know sort of trivia between when was the last time an assistant manager and manager scored for a for a club. That would be interesting. It's a good start, question, isn't it? Yeah. If somebody knows, let us know. When was the last time that the management team were the only scorers and I win for a football club in Scotland? It must be rare. It must be. A, it must be. Must be a proper rare start. It like must have happened before. There must have been a player manager that's got a couple of goals at some point. How, do we have any report on how, how Gorms played in, in the game? Was he, was he involved or was he a well, scored, but was he... In Gorms' own words, his knees away and he's finished, but he still managed to get a goal. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, what, do, what does that say for the rest of the bench? If, um, if the decision is, do you know what? None of these guys will do. I'll bring myself on who hasn't played for pop maybe four or five years, maybe? I don't know. How long like he, brought him, uh, he brought himself on midweek and it didn't really work. But when he brought himself on against Gretna, I think it was more a case of he just wanted to be in the ears of the younger lads and kind of encourage them on, tell them where to go, but being on the pitch rather than on the sidelines. So I don't think he expected to be man that scored, put it that way. He was thinking he'd be more of a set-up pro, but hey, he still got it. it. Yeah, he obviously worked, man. Tactical genius, bring yourself on, score the winner, and boom. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think his exact quote was, I'm still miles off it. <laughs> 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 Fair play. Just if anyone wants to get in touch, uh, find me on Twitter at, at Mr. Ben Grant. It's up there somewhere. If you're watching on video format, there is. I'll get the point right one day. Uh, Moza, where can we find you um, if you want to watch that BSC game and all the other good stuff that you do? Twitch.tv forward slash. That way. No. Oh, God. <laughs> Pro streamer can't get it. Um, Moza. And obviously um, at Moza Plays on Twitter, two Zs in the Moza. Uh, on yourself, Chris? At Rampant FM. Are you, are you only Moza on Twitch now? I am. I'm a big partner these days. Big time, big time Charlie. Big, big purple tick partner on Twitch. I should actually, I should have noticed that by the way. I was going to say the ultimate self promo every week. <laughs> <laughs> So how much I go on Twitch. I'll have to go on later because obviously our NFL draft. But, uh, but yeah, I am the I am the smallest partner on Twitch. To be fair, so it's good enough for you, sir. It's good enough for you. <laughs> uh, and obviously, just where do we get the catch up, Chris? If anybody wants to find, of course, yeah. Passes. The one thing we're talking about um, at official catch up on Twitter, uh, lonely catch up on Facebook, and pretty much Google official catch up or lonely catch up, and you'll get us everywhere else. Um, Everywhere, even places that I've never heard of. <laughs> it's true, by the way. <laughs> I 
Obviously, a thanks to our sponsors of the Soccer Shop Direct. Find them on Twitter at the Soccer Shop D. Check out their website www.thesoccershopdirect.com for all your teamwear and football equipment needs. Well, that's another exciting episode. I'm sure there's plenty to talk about, and I'm sure we'll see um, some of this chat around the social media and other good uh, internet. Uh, forums, I'm sure, at some point over the next um, few days. Some very questionable ones as well as good ones as well, obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously. But um, thanks for watching and listening, uh, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Catch you.